1: Need to know what's happening. It's it's
2: it's it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason LaCanfora.
1: Nick Costos, let's talk about Seattle at the Bengals. Joe Burrow looked like Joe Burrow last week, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, wait a minute. Bengals at home, two and a half. Why not jump on the
3: Bengals? Tell me why not. uh I. Some people, Carl, will ask the question in life, why not? I I would ask, like, why wouldn't you do it? Uh, I I love the Bengals in this game, laying the two and a half against the Seahawks. Um, To me, Joe Burrow looked last week against Arizona. He's hashtag back, man. Like, his movement was unbelievable, right? Movement in the pocket, like slithering out of trouble. He even had one, like... Totally swag play where he ran for like nine yards, slid, dropped the ball in front of the defender, and walked back to the huddle. And Burrow telling uh, telling reporters yesterday on Wednesday that this is the best he's felt since before training camp. And I don't think that's just player speak. We literally saw it on the field well, this past Sunday. Yeah, right? There's
2: a there's a play last week where the protection breaks down, and he's got Pete, like he's got somebody rolling at his feet from Arizona. He literally jumps up off that calf that's been wounded for two months. He jumps off the calf. Over the guy and lands. And I, I must have rewound that 10 times going, if you got a bad calf, you simply don't even try that, much less do it. And I thought that right there is the best, that play, forget the 15 catches by Jamar. That one play, I think, gave the entire team a lift like our quarterback is back, we're back.
3: And, and and if he's back, then this number is short against the Seattle Seahawks and T. Higgins practiced on Wednesday in a limited fashion, putting him on track to play in the game obviously, and like Trenton Irwin played well last week, so play now well. all of a sudden you've got like four legitimate receivers with Chase Higgins Boyd and the aforementioned Trenton Irwin so look, like Seattle's coming off the bye, should be healthy, right? The offensive line should be healthier than it was in the Monday night beatdown beat down a couple weeks ago against my Giants, but uh, for me, this is all about the quarterback and the point spread, it's below three, Burrow's back, give me the bangles
1: nick Costello's joining us you better you bet check him out check out the podcast as well it's in the huddle carl dukes brian baldinger jason lock on four part of this podcast as well as we run down games leading into week six all right here's the deal they're on the road but they held the cowboys right to six yards in the first quarter no first down for 17 minutes of that game the 49ers against the browns and i, I again on the road do, do you feel differently and i don't nick they're just that damn good. They're seven-point favorite on the road against the Browns, the over-under is 37. What do you like?
3: Yeah, I and I think, you know, the question that we might have to start asking is, like, is this going to be like a historical 49ers team, like some of the 49ers teams that I grew up watching? That 89 team, for my money, still like one of the best teams I've ever seen. Like, we'll see if this team can kind of reach those dizzying heights, but certainly think they've earned the distinction of being this big of a road favorite. And a couple things to consider that have pushed this number all the way up, because let's be clear here, right? If Deshaun Watson's the quarterback in this game and there's like perfect weather, San Francisco's probably like a three and a half point favorite. They're still favored by more than three, which is saying something on the road and the Browns are good. That's still a really respectful line towards San Francisco. The reason why we're up at seven now, A, like the weather is supposed to be horrendous this weekend. We we have a couple games every year in Cleveland that are like fake games with the wind coming off the lake. So <laughs> the, the it's literally, it could be a fake game. Like they played a couple of them last year also. So once we get to Sunday, let's see what the wind's going to be like. But like this, this total open, the first digit was a four. And then better saw the weather forecast on Monday morning. And literally like it has nothing to do with the game being played on the field. They are going to bet the under based on the weather and try and grab what are valuable numbers. So that's why the total is what are. Is Now, normally when we have a total dropping, the underdog will take action. The problem with this specific game is maybe Deshaun Watson's not going to play. And I'm sure Baldy could speak and JLC could speak a lot better to this, like more NFL um, connections than I have. But everything that I hear with the connections that I have is that this is Watson literally saying like, I'm not ready to go. And the Browns thought he should have been ready to play a couple of Sundays ago against Baltimore when DTR had to start. And now he didn't practice on Wednesday. So we, no one kind of knows what's going to happen here. The Browns have already said, and like I, this goes noted right on Wednesday that if Watson can't go, P.J. Walker is going to play, not DTR, which tells you that this is already kind of in their thought process that maybe Watson's not going to play. So I think the question that people need to ask themselves is if P.J. Walker is the starting quarterback in this game and the win's bad, like what's the right number? (laughs)
1: Like
3: what's the right point spread in the game? I actually think it's got a little bit more room to go up. We're in the neighborhood here. Walker is at least a competent quarterback. Maybe DTR will be that one day. He's not now. So I I I don't know, man. If it's Watson and he's healthy, this point spread's obviously going to come down. If it's P.J. Walker, I think it's actually still got a little bit of room to go up.
2: I think I think Cleveland's going up against the best defense and the best offense in football. It'll be interesting, you know, just from this standpoint. Like, we'll we'll probably get to this later in the podcast here today. But you know, Brock Purdy hasn't turned the ball over, hasn't come close to turning the ball over. Like, can Cleveland get him in bad weather with Miles Garrett and? Z'Darri Smith and that group, can they get him to make a mistake? You know, and can Cleveland capitalize on that? Nobody's been able to do it yet. Dallas didn't come close. And they had the number one defense before the game last week. So, I don't know. Like, to me, uh, this quarterback situation in Cleveland is, is is really bizarre because the coach thought he was going to play two weeks ago in a division game in Baltimore. He mm-hmm. thought he was going to go. Like, when the coach doesn't – is is clued, clu- clueless – about who's playing quarterback, that, that sends
1: ripples to the whole team. Yeah. Bet they
3: still wish they had Josh Dobbs, by the way.
1: <laughs> He's not playing terrible, that's for sure. No. Um, it, it is interesting. And here's the other thing, guys. At some point, right, the, the, you're past all the, the off-the-field stuff with Deshaun Watson. And just, you know, this is a side note. This has nothing to do with betting the game and, and taking what you think is going to work on, on Sunday. But Baldy and, and, you know, I, I think – part of this is at some point you start looking at this money and you start saying, well, this is a hell of an investment we've got. And and we're not getting our return on this investment at all right now. And we can talk about all the off field stuff, but that stuff is behind him now. And now you're talking about just showing up for your team. And it's, it is an interesting situation to see how this is going to play out. I like the 49ers guys and Nick, you, you, you make a great point about the weather stuff. The over under 37 don't know if that goes down. You think it stays there by the way, before we move on?
3: My sense would be um, if it goes down, it'll go down a little. And then maybe what you would see, and I don't know that this will be the case, just that like patterns emerge when you do this for long enough, is that if it gets low enough on Sunday, if like the forecast is not going to be like the worst forecast we've ever seen, like the Brown Saints game last year was like a fake game that was played in Cleveland. This might not be that. We'll see. My sense is that come Sunday, we might see some buyback and a little bit of over money come in. But I'm guessing based on what the weather is going to be on Sunday, really impossible to say right now.
1: Nick Costos, are the Dolphins gettable this weekend? Here come the 0 5 Carolina Panthers. They are a 13 and a half point favorite. Man, these numbers, man, you start talking double digits. I know the Dolphins are at home, but they lost the best running back, I think, so far this season, now on IR. And how does that change what they want to do? And do they cover this weekend?
3: Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I may have big time egg on my face here. I actually feel like I'm on an island, which makes me a little nervous with this game. Um, I, I like Caroline a little bit to cover the spread here. Now, I liked it a lot more when it was 14. The A-chan injury, once that started to get out on Monday, kind of pushed this down a little bit under 14 to 13 and a half. Um, there's a lot going on right now with the Panthers, like, behind the scenes and, like, what Mike McDaniel said yesterday about Bryce Young and maybe Frank Reich needs to give up the play-calling duties to the OC Thomas Brown. There's, like, a lot going on here with with Bryce Young. Um, here's my opinion, and I know that it was kind of in garbagey time last week in the second half against Detroit. I thought he played really well in the second half last week. And Baldy can obviously speak better to this as someone that played at the highest level, right? But just like me as a fan, the patterns that emerge watching games for over 30 years, every Sunday, et cetera, right? Like I saw him have some success. And that's the first time this year he's had success, like throwing the football And this offense with him, like the one Dalton game, they looked functional. They were functional in the second half against Detroit. And I think he could carry that into this game against the Miami Dolphins. And I'm not insinuating the Panthers can win the game. Just that. I think this offense now with the three receivers are now finally healthy. Like Thielens, like rejuvenated right now, playing in the slot. Charks healthy. He's not great, but he can at least separate a little bit. And I think the best receiver on the team is actually Jonathan Mingo. And he's off the concussion now getting more acclimated into the offense um i actually think if miles sanders doesn't play it might be a good thing because he's not 100 get chuba hubbard in there at least get a healthy running back so i do think the carolina can score enough to fall inside the number and cover the spread not win the game and just one player that i'm watching this weekend on the miami side like H obviously on ir Mostert will be the one a like jeff wilson will probably be activated and be the one yeah. b a couple weeks ago, I watched Dolphins running back, who's no one's ever heard of, by the way, but I'm sick with this stuff, and I love fantasy, so I know all this stuff. Chris Brooks had a 66-yard run a couple weeks ago for Miami in the 70-point win, a 70-point game against Denver. Had a great block last week in the in the, uh, in the Giants game. He kind of profiles, to me, more than Salvan Ahmed as like the speedy change of pace back. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Chris Brooks get a couple totes in it's, this game it, and uh, maybe look a little decent.
2: It's a classic Mike McDaniel find. Like he, he literally, if you go back, Cleveland, Atlanta, <clears throat> San Francisco, I mean, most had been around the league, cut, practice squad, been all over the league until McDaniel said he's our guy. And same thing with Jeffrey Wilson, free agent out of North Texas. Like he just has the eye for guys that can play in his system, like nobody else. Kyle. Kyle Shanahan and Lynch, they, they trusted him to go find these guys. He found Elijah Mitchell out of Louisiana. Like, he has an eye for this. And I agree with you, Nick. That, that run by Chris Brooks, that wasn't – you should always pay attention to the running backs in a Mike McDaniel offense.
0: You ready?
1: Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy.
3: What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes!
0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13.
1: Well, it doesn't seem like they'll be lacking for any production from their running backs. That room is deep. Uh, and, and although they'll miss... You know, A-Shan, I I think bottom line is they're going to be fine. Hey, let me ask you about this game. It's uh, Carl Dukes. It's Brian Baldinger, guys. This is in the huddle. Every week we get a chance to chop it up with Nick Costos. You better, you bet. As we talk gambling and look ahead to the week's games, Eagles-Jets. Eagles are the other undefeated team, right? I mean, you know, we could talk about who's the best NFC. You know, It looks like it's going to be another showdown between the 49ers and the Eagles. I don't know who has home field. But the Eagles are 5-0. and Baldy and I are going to get into how well that defensive line and those defensive tackles are playing here a little bit later. But the Jets at home, seven-point underdog to the Eagles. And for some reason, I just feel like that number should be better. I don't think we've seen the best of the Eagles yet this season. Do you guys feel that way? They
2: were awfully good last week against the Rams. I mean, uh, they didn't put up a lot of points, but they went up and down the field all day. They have some red zone issues you saw. Jason Kelsey blow up on the sideline out of frustration. Mm-hmm. But it was the best that Jalen Hurts played all year. I think he'd been bothered by some ankle problems, and he he turned it loose last week. And when he turns it loose, this offense is almost indefensible. You saw Dallas Goddard break out last week, a huge, huge game. AJ Brown, three weeks in a row right now, is almost unstoppable. It's the best offensive line in football. They have issues in the secondary for sure. Every week it's different guys. Um, because of injuries but I, I feel like this this offense is just beginning to take off
3: yeah and i i think we'll uh, carl just on the home field who's gonna have home field in that potential game like yeah. november 20th eagles at the chiefs december 3rd niners at the eagles so we got some titanic games coming up uh later in the season that probably will we'll decide that, that we're looking forward to um in this particular game um I, I bet the Eagles had a number that doesn't exist. This was six earlier in the week, and I was just like, okay, like, no. um. And I can lose the bet. It doesn't mean, like, I made a good, like, mathematical bet. It doesn't mean I'm going to win. But I was like, okay, I think this point spread should be higher, and it is now. I think we're probably existing in the right zone here. Um, I, I guess, like, my problem with the Jets in this game, and I bet the Jets last week against Denver, like, I liked the matchup. Um, what's the matchup that, like, the theoretical matchup that if you like the Jets... What are you hanging your hat on as far as the on-field handicap goes? You're you're hanging it on
2: Brees Hall having a day like he had last week. Okay. That's what you're trying to do, Nick.
3: Well, yes, you're right. Also, that was Denver yeah this is this is philadelphia so it's a long story short is i like the eagles i think the point spread's okay right now i think the eagles are a fantastic teaser like like i mean look it's not a great mathematical teaser like because you're teasing off seven but i mean that eagles and 49ers down to just win the game sounds pretty good to me this week
1: all right one last game monday night football cowboys chargers i want to get your thoughts because the cowboys coming off that devastating loss they only scored 10 points everybody's on them right Now they've got injuries. They're dealing with Vander Esch is out. You've got some other injuries. What happens? Do they bounce back and do they cover the two and a half on the road against the chargers? Uh,
3: I'll, I'll be honest here. Like I always am with you guys and my audience audience on you better. You bet. Um, I think that I'm making a stupid bet in this game and it's kind of an emotional bet. And I try not to make these too often because I actually think like the sharp side in the game is going to be Dallas. Coming off the the game last week, it's like a classic like Contrarian bet. They get embarrassed, they get pantsed by the Niners, dominated, humiliated last week, and now like oh like now they got to go play the Chargers on the road. Where by the way, like which team do you guys think is going to have more of a home field advantage in Los Angeles? Cowboys, yeah, but it's it's not even close. That stadium's going to be like eighty percent Cowboys fans. This is going to be like a home game almost for Dallas, minus the travel, obviously. Um, so I think that sharp betters will be on Dallas. Uh, I'm going to bet the chargers in this game. Uh, I love what I've seen from the Dallas defense in a couple games of the season. And we talk about it on our show. Micah Parsons, the hashtag hashtag doomsday that he put out after the giants game, right in week one. Great. You doomsday the giants. You doomsday the jets you doomsdayed the Patriots. What happened when you played two actually decent offenses? You got shredded by the 49ers. And by the way, like the Cardinals offense has been really good this year and they're an over team. And the first digit, by the way, in the Cardinals Rams total needs to be a five and it's a four. That game's going over the total on Sunday, just as an aside. So when Dallas plays good offenses, they give up yards and they give up points. Here comes off the bye, Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen. I think we'll see the rookie Quinton Johnston more into this offense this week with the bye. I think he's got a chance to be like fantasy football league winner. Palmer's still there. Um, So look like maybe Dallas runs for a billion yards and this is kind of like the Tony Pollard breakout game that fantasy owners have been waiting for. Prop bettors have been waiting for. For me, this is like chargers at home, healthier team Dak under the lights. I'll take the chargers here. Nick, but again, but again like I think the Cowboys will be the sharp side. I happen to disagree so give me the bolts.
2: Nick um, what's the prop bet in this Monday night game for the cutaways to Kellen Moore like I think, you know, if, if this Chargers offense goes up and down the field and Keenan keeps doing what he's been doing all year, and Eckler's mm-hmm. back in this lineup and this Cowboys defense is giving up yards and points, are we gonna see Keller Moore like every single play like we saw Taylor, you know, like you know, like Taylor Swift the other day? Like I feel like Kellen Moore is going to be as big a story as anything in this game.
3: Yeah, it's a, the, obviously, and you do a great job. I should have mentioned this. The, it's the Kellen Moore, like Dan Quinn chess match, right? Former Cowboys coordinator yes. and play caller against the, the defensive uh, coordinator and play caller. And it's not like this doesn't have to turn into like Kellen Moore versus Dan Quinn. It's like players versus players, right? And I like the Chargers offense right now more than I like the Cowboys defense. Maybe I'll eat those words. I, I like the matchup for the Chargers here, and I'm willing to be wrong, and maybe the Cowboys like get back on track and win the game. Uh, I think the Chargers are ascending right now. I'll take Herbert over Dak Prescott any day of the week, twice on Sunday, three times on a Monday night in L.A. Uh, give me the Chargers on Monday night.
1: All right, Nick, before we let you go, i got to ask you about the Purdy MVP conversation, and more importantly, from a betting standpoint, what does this look like if you jumped on now with them being 5-0 and and how well he's played?
3: Okay, so two things here. Let's start on entry point, like when to bet somebody. This is like the act- the absolute, like actual worst time to bet-, bet Brock Purdy. First off, like the price is extremely short. He's like grouped in with like guys that are going to have better stats than him when the season's over, whether it's Allen, Mahomes, Hurts, um, etc., Right. Also, you have the fact that they're playing on the road this weekend in a potential, like, ridiculous wind game with a total of 37. So the Niners can win the game, of course. Is Brock Purdy going to throw for 300 yards and four touchdowns in this game with 25-mile-per-hour wins against this defense on the road? Like probably not. I'm not saying he's going to play poorly. Just that, again, like, ask yourself this. Is he likely to have a great statistical game on Sunday in this particular matchup? No. So probably these odds will probably drop a little bit, and then we can maybe have a different conversation next week. But now is a terrible time to do it. The other thing is, if Brock Purdy, and I'm not saying he can't, if he wins MVP... The way that he does it is San Francisco goes like 16 and one or 15 and two and has the best record in the league by like at least one game, maybe even two. Because if they go like 13 and four and the Bills go 13 and four or the Chiefs go 13 and four, et cetera, right? And the Eagles go 14 and three, those quarterbacks are going to have better stats than Purdy. Also, McCaffrey is going to, as long as he's healthy, is going to cannibalize the vote. And yep. McCaffrey's going to get votes also. Yep. So it's not that Purdy can't win. It's just that in order for him to win, you need something very specific to happen because he won't have the stats to compare with the Titans in the AFC, not the Tennessee Titans, the Titans among the quarterbacks. You need them to go like 16 and one. And that's how Purdy wins. I think it's unlikely. I'm not bagging on him. He's awesome. Just that I don't think this is a likely thing that I would not want to bet on it.
1: Nick, tell the people where they can find your podcast. When are you on, my friend?
3: Yeah, we're on 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern weekdays, Sunday mornings, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can find us on all the places that you, uh, you know, whatever, uh, Twitch, YouTube, radio Station stationwide, the Odyssey app, the BetQL app. We're now on Sirius XM, which is awesome, Sirius 217, XM 205. And we're now simulcast by our friends at Stadium, but weekdays, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time as well.
1: Great stuff, man. Nick Costos, you better you bet. Make sure you check him out. We will talk next week. Get money, as I like to say, Nick. Get money.
3: Absolutely. Wishing everybody minimal sweats winning bets the absolute very best of luck.